Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We are in the Gospel of Matthew at the 18th chapter. We did a little cross-referencing in the other Gospels since to see what was going on in these first six verses or so. And I want to press on into the 18th chapter further today, but I want to go back and start with the first verse uh, because there's a question that is asked right here, and we've looked at that in the previous couple episodes. But Jesus winds up launching and some teaching coming out of this question. And so according to Matthew here, it was just thing after thing after thing that the Lord is speaking. And so we do well to remember the larger context of everything. So here's Matthew chapter 18, verse 1, says this. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And like I said, when you look at the other Gospels, you learn a lot more about uh, the timing right here when it says at that time and what really happened. They had been fighting with themselves. The disciples had been arguing which one of them was the greatest. Oh, my you know, sometimes we sit there, I can't believe they did that. To which I would say to us, really now? We do the same thing, right? So verse 2 continues. And Jesus called a child to himself and set him before them. And Jesus said this, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So let me stop here for a moment. And, and just really emphasize that again. Notice what Jesus says. He says, you must be converted. Okay, you must be converted. It literally means you must be turned, turned from one thing to another. Well, what does he mean by that? Turn from what you were as an unbeliever and as a sinner and one that walks in the patterns and practices and behavior of the world. Turn to one <coughs> that is holy, one that is righteous. One that has been changed and continues to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Unless you have been converted and unless you become like children, okay, like children. In other words, unless you become childlike in the way that you're relating to one another, and he's about to give more insight into this, unless you become uh, humble before one another, walking in humility. Really, if you ever just watch children play and the way that they play with each other and the way that they often will just receive one another, without any guile or any pretense. Okay? Just watch them. And he says, unless you become like that, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And, and it's not the fact that you do a deed to become worthy of entering the kingdom of heaven, that you act a certain kind of way. But this is who you are. You're converted. You've been changed. You've been transformed. He says, unless you do this, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus continues in verse 4. Whoever then humbles himself as this child he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What was their question? The question was, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he says, the one that humbles himself as this child does. Verse 5, Jesus continues, And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. So Jesus ties this walking in humility as a child and then receiving one another in walking this way, in receiving him. He's saying this is right here is really the manifestation 
of the fact that you've truly been converted this year. You're living this way. You're walking this way. Verse 5 again. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Verse 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Well, Jesus shows the seriousness of the problem here by uh, what he says the judgment would be. He says, if you cause one of these little ones that believe in me to stumble, it'll be a lot better for you that you will be drowned in the depth of the sea. And Jesus is going to start using some, uh, what is really, and I don't even want to use this term, but it is what it is, <coughs> but I don't want to uh, downplay it any. He's going to be speaking of some serious hyperbole here, okay, in these next few verses. He means what he says, but he's using hyperbole to speak forth the seriousness of the nature of this. Be better to have a millstone hung around your neck. But he's not just talking about children right here, folks. He causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble. He's using the child as an example. The child was there. The child believes in Jesus. The child was listening to Jesus. But he's setting up what he's about to say in all these things. It is better that this right here would have happened to somebody than to cause someone who believes in me to stumble. Now, watch what Jesus says. Verse 7, woe to the world because of its stumbling blocks. So what was he talking about in the previous verse? He's sitting there and he's telling them, hey, the one who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven is one who humbles himself and walks in humility. So you need to receive one another like this and not be a stumbling block to one another. Okay, make sure that you don't that you're not a stumbling block to those who are believers. So Jesus says, Woe to the world because of his stumbling blocks. The world has stumbling blocks. We expect that by definition of the world when you look at the totality of what the scripture says about it. Well, look at the rest of this verse, verse seven. Jesus is speaking. For it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come. But woe to that man through whom the stumbling block comes. So Jesus is telling his disciples, the ones that were arguing over, who's the greatest in the kingdom? He deals with that. He says, oh, the greatest in the kingdom is the one that walks in the humility and is childlike in the way that he acts toward those who are believers. But you need to be careful. Don't be a stumbling block to those who believe. If you are, it'd be better for you to hang that millstone around your neck and drown yourself. But he says, you know what? The world is going to have stumbling blocks. It's inevitable. Jesus tells us that. But woe to the man through whom the stumbling block comes. That is a question right there for us, folks. Are we stumbling blocks? Even as believers, are we stumbling blocks in the way that we think, in the way that we act, in the way we behave, the things that we say? Are we stumbling blocks? The world will know. We know the world's stumbling blocks. Woe to the world because of its stumbling blocks. We know that. But then Jesus, you know, you might be sitting and thinking, well, is he really talking about believers? <laughs> Verse 8, if your hand or foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. And throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than to have two hands or two feet and to be cast into eternal fire. Verse 9. 
if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be cast into the fiery hell. So this is the question that's always asked is this. Did Jesus really mean this? <laughs> yes, he really meant it, but he really meant it for what it is and the way that he's speaking. We speak in hyperbole all the time. and We speak in sloppy hyperbole. We'll say, well, everybody knows that. Really, does everybody know that, you know? Well, no. What Jesus is saying right here, the bigger picture, and we'll see this, particularly with some other cross-references. It's going to take us a couple episodes to get through what he's saying here in this passage. He's saying this. You need to deal with whatever is causing sin in your life. You know, there's actually been people through the last 2,000 years that have done exactly this, that have plucked their eyes out, that have, uh, uh, there's been men that have emasculated themselves because of sexual temptations. Guess what they found out after they did it to themselves? They were still tempted. Exactly. So what he's saying is not necessarily the removal of body parts one at a time, and if this is going to make you holy and righteous. No, whatever is causing you to sin by hand, by foot, or whatever, remove that from your life. Remove that, because it's a lot better to remove that than to be cast in eternal fire and fiery hell. Well, I'll tell you what, my time's up. We'll probably pick up with this next episode and talk a little more about it, okay? Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you then.